0: This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
1: One of the apple kids falls and dies. He gets trampled. It's no, fucked up. No,
0: no, no, no. Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
1: I'm Brian Morris.
0: I'm Stacey Kulo.
1: We're comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows.
0: And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows.
1: So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go.
0: And this week, we watch season five, episode two of both shows, starting with Gilmore Girls, A Messenger, nothing more.
1: As well as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Real Me.
0: I would say not as good as last week, across the board. Sure. But still good.
1: Yeah. Setting up stuff for the whole season in both shows.
0: I don't know. I feel like Gilmore Girls was still wrapping up season four. Well, eh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll find out.
0: I guess summer has passed in that one, but we're still kind of wrapping up the events of the season finale.
1: I hear you on that. I just meant like uh, the stuff with Dean, like we finally saw the aftermath of that. Right. But yeah, it hasn't set up any new arcs. I mean, maybe it has. I don't know. Maybe the cider festival is very important.
0: That's a big deal in season five. Yeah. How are you?
1: I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. My back hurts.
0: Yeah, I know. But we're getting a dog tomorrow.
1: We're getting a dog temporarily for tomorrow.
0: Yes. Not for no, tomorrow.
1: No, not. <laughs> for, we're having people, they must think we have a dog. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really want to impress some new friends, and we lied and said we have a dog.
1: Uh, no, we're watching our friend's dog for a week.
0: His name's Bert.
1: Which is going to be confusing, because our cat is named Kurt.
0: Um, and our cat is bigger than the dog, so hopefully this goes well. They've met before.
1: They have met before, and they got along fine. We cut our cat's nails so that he would be safe around the dog, but now he's all depressed because his nails are cut.
0: If you're interested in seeing that process, I did make a TikTok. I put it on our other TikTok account, which we haven't really posted to yet because it's not Gilmore related. So far, pretty much no one has liked it. So uh, you guys should follow us there. It's Brian and Stacy. Brian with a Y, Stacy with an EY, with dots between the words because some child has Brian and Stacy with no dots.
1: Just like that child who's got an incredibly popular Gilmore podcast that's got like three episodes and they're not good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I encourage you not to listen to that.
1: Was it episode two or episode one? She's like... You know, I'm going to talk about some stuff that's not Gilmore Girls, and then it's not even about Gilmore Girls.
0: It's just, it's clearly this little girl that figured out how to make a podcast one afternoon, and she was just like left at home alone with her iPhone, and she's just like walking around and eating while she talks about Gilmore Girls.
1: <laughs> a little bit.
0: <laughs> but when you search Gilmore Girls on Apple Podcasts, it comes up before ours most of the time, and I'm very upset about it.
1: Yeah, it's just because no one gets that, and they're like, that's what I wanted.
0: No. The reviews are bad. <laughs> I even contacted Apple. I was like, why? And they're like, we can't help it. I'm like, okay.
1: I almost wish we could contact this girl and just be like, do you want these up? You're probably older now and yeah. realize it was a mistake.
0: This TikTok child, though, also hasn't posted for like six years. So it's just like, can your account be taken down? I really yeah. would like it.
1: Anyway, we're being negative Nevels.
0: But do follow us at that TikTok account. We're going to start posting comedy videos there more often that are not Gilmore related,
1: but are still funny.
0: Yeah. It's linked in the episode description. I think it has been, but we really have no following there. So if you like us and you like TikTok, give it a follow. Stacy. We did get a five-star review. Nice. Thank you so much to Justine Nicholson. Thank you. Okay, Brian, should we talk about episodes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This week we started with Gilmore Girls. Why don't you tell everyone about A Messenger, Nothing More?
1: All right, so this episode is, like you said, sort of like still wrapping up. The stuff from last season and specifically last episode. It's about Rory coming back from Europe and dealing with some Dean stuff. The fallout of the Dean affair. Yeah. That's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, and Luke's doing some stuff. Lane's doing some stuff.
1: Yeah, but I mean, is is any of that really plotty? Really? I mean, (laughs) we'll, we'll get there. I'll explain why. I didn't even think it was worth mentioning. So the episode opens with, like, maybe the weirdest slash weakest opening I've seen for Gilmore Girls?
0: It seemed weak at the time, but it did set up a pretty funny payoff. Did it? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. So the town is getting ready for the Cider Mill Festival? There's just, like, a guy handing out flyers on the street. Lorelai walks by. She's mailing some stuff. She walks by. She grabs a flyer. Then she just, like, gives it to a random woman, but, like, also promotes it while handing it to her. Then she walks past Miss Patty's, and Miss Patty is choreographing an apple dance with a bunch of kids in, like, apple costumes, and, of course, because Miss Patty's doing it, it's, like, a bit suggestive. (laughs) It's actually a little weird. She's like, you're red. You're delicious. You're about to get your juices sucked out. It was like, whoa, what? (laughs) But then one of the kids falls, and Lorelai's like, "Apple down!" And then like the kid like struggles to get up, and that's kind of funny. I almost feel like this opening was like the casting director saw a kid fall while he was auditioning, and they're like, "We got to make this into an opening."
0: The way the kid was flailing around was so stupid, though. It was funny, but they were just like kind of moving their arms and legs, like they didn't yeah. actually seem in distress.
1: Yeah. So one small thing. So this opening is that's it. That's the, that's the whole opening.
0: Yeah, it felt very unfinished.
1: Yeah. Usually like they're setting something up or it's like oh here's some fun a really funny joke. This one's like this kid fell. That's funny. <laughs> well, they
0: were setting up that there was going to be an apple parade later.
1: They did set that up. Is that what's going to be really funny or the kid falling? The setup? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they the moment later when that parade comes through town is like very funny.
1: Is it? Okay. Uh <laughs> excited to talk about it. I will say something though. There's a weird coincidence in this episode, okay? Okay. So Miss Patty yells to Lorelai when she's walking by, like, something along the lines of, like, there goes that super entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. and she says something about herself, and she refers to herself as, like, Trump-esque, like, Trump-Murdoch, but anyway, she references Trump as the point, because Trump was an entrepreneur at this time. In a vacuum, who cares? Whatever. It's just like Trump was an icon of the like '80s and '90s, and so f- not weird that he got mentioned. But mm. it is weird because it's something later.
0: I know you're going with this.
1: Yeah, but then it's it. We'll, we'll get. We'll talk about it later.
0: So many things we're gonna talk about later. <laughs>
1: yeah, when well, you guys stay are stay tuned.
0: Don't you guys change the channel
1: <laughs> after you guys go to bed? Stacy and I have to talk about some stuff. <laughs> Okay, so then we open the episode proper at Luke's where Brian is telling Zach all about the Da Vinci Code book. They never name the book, but it's clear that's what they're talking
0: about. Is that what it is? I read that book, but I don't remember these details about Constantine and Mary. Yeah, well, he's
1: not talking about, like, the plot of the book. He's talking about, like, what the book is suggesting about the religion's past. Okay. So he's talking about it, and Zach actually is like, Brian, shut up. Like, I don't care about any of this. But you know it's The Da Vinci Code because he says it's like the number one bestseller and I cannot think of another number one bestseller that people watching Gilmore Girls are going to recognize that deals with like Mary Magdalene's identity being hidden by the church.
0: Maybe the Bible? (laughs)
1: Yeah, the Bible does acknowledge all that. So anyway, they're there to get free fries from Lane. But Lane gets annoyed because Brian and Zach keep calling the fries cutesy names like Wink Winkers, which makes them stop.
0: Brian is like, better get my money ready. He's just got like a handful of coins.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that raises another question later, which we'll, again, we'll talk about it later.
0: You better be writing these things down.
1: Lorelai stops in and Lane mentions that it seems like Lorelai is always in a hurry and on the go. People are calling her the blur. It's actually kind of funny because she's like, well, that's mean, is it? What does that mean? She doesn't know. But while she's there, Lorelai notices a bunch of postcards from Europe that Lane has strung up on the wall. All of these are from Rory. And it's clear that Lorelai, from her interaction, that Lorelai is not getting postcards from Mm -hmm. Rory. Because Lane's like, oh, yeah, go ahead and look at those. I'm sure Rory already sent you all the same stuff. But I think that line was like, nah, she's not. No. But I also want to point out, like, it's weird that Lane just brought a bunch of her postcards into work and hung them up, right?
0: That's true. She might be spending a lot of time there because Luke's gone, but they also could be ones that were sent to Luke. No, because Lane says she can look at them. Yeah, it, it's weird.
1: It's not like beyond the, like this could never happen, but it's like I feel like you'd want those at home and like Luke would rather you have those at home. I, yeah, Luke might be fine with it, but like, I don't know. It just seems weird.
0: I would pitch that they're sent to the diner if Luke wasn't dating Orly.
1: Right. Well, I, does she even know?
0: That's a good question. I don't think Rory knows. Kind of
1: something. Does she?
0: Yeah, Lorelai told her that they went to the wedding. She didn't know they kissed.
1: Oh, that's true. But we also find out that Luke's week trip to help his sister has turned into a much longer trip. If you remember, Liz and TJ got into a minor car accident, and so they're injured. But they needed some help from Luke, and it's stretched on and on quite a bit. We find out later it's been seven weeks. It's like a crazy amount of time for him to be gone. So we're finding out that they've never really resolved this, like relationship post-kiss. Right. I mean, they had that phone call, but that's the last contact they had with each other. Cut to Luke at the fair, helping his sister. Some guy comes up to Luke and just starts, like, sharing Renaissance fair gossip with him about, like, yeah. a bog girl.
0: Grog girl.
1: Grog girl, totally. A bog girl's a different situation.
0: Totally. Hey, Bill, Bill, and Annie, the grog girl. Yeah. This whole affair. She's engaged to the fruit ice guy. I love this because it keeps coming back throughout the episode.
1: Yeah, and it seems like Luke is into it. He actually is interested. it, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I thought at first he wasn't, but later he's like telling Laura like all about it.
0: But also, he asked him how his beard is, and he's like, you always ask that. We always laugh. And Luke's like, well, that's our thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just like calling out this regular ass bit they do, labeling it.
1: So Luke's setting stuff up, and it's funny because they just, like, hang the jewelry on a tree. That's, like, how they sell it, which makes sense since it's, like, a renaissance fair, but it was kind of funny. But TJ is there complaining about everything Luke is doing, like how he's sorting the jewelry on the display tree. Luke. How he's not using the correct renaissance language and how he's not dressed appropriately. Luke. He actually doesn't say anything about how he's dressed, but...
0: Yeah, (laughs) you don't think he's dressed appropriately, do you?
1: But Luke isn't doing any of that stuff, and he's just like in his street clothes, like the same baseball cap back. Like, he's just Luke, not trying to do anything other than help his sister. But TJ keeps being like, hey, there's undercover people looking for people not following the fair timeline rules or whatever. We never see them, but we suspect that they're there.
0: They have guns. It's a whole thing.
1: While TJ constantly is, like, nitpicking what he's doing, at some point Luke just pulls back his blanket to reveal that TJ's just, like, watching a little TV <laughs> under the blanket. TJ's clearly milking the fact that he's hurt. Like, he's constantly like, oh, if I did that, I might pass out. You're like, okay, buddy, you're, you're clearly lying. Mm-hmm. But it is really funny because after Luke calls TJ out for using a TV, they complain to Liz, and Liz has to take her headphones out <laughs> to hear what they're saying. yeah. I thought that was super funny.
0: She's also just listening to media on the job.
1: Yeah, she's listening to some, like, meditational stuff. After all this, Luke decides that they're healthy enough and it's time for him to leave. Later, when Luke is saying goodbye, he asks Liz if she happens to have a necklace that, you know, maybe might go with those earrings he gave. Her last time, the earrings he gave to Lorelai. And Liz is all like, sure, sure. Uh, Might this be for a certain blue-eyed girl? The girl who makes you, like, smile when you're on the phone with her? And he's like, yeah, it's for Lorelai. She's so excited. She's over the moon. She's like, I predicted this. All my predictions come true. She has been shipping them hard. Mm -hmm. Like, the second she met Lorelai, she mistook her for his wife. And, like, after that moment was kind of like, yeah, they're going to be together. It's pretty clear. But she's super excited. She's like, you found your TJ? And he's like, I hope not. When she finds out it's Lorelai, she says, huzzah, and then the entire fair says, huzzah, which I thought was really funny.
0: Or the five extras they had in front of a tree.
1: (laughs) That's the entire fair, okay? We didn't see Grog Girl, but we suspect she's there. Also, and this is why I mentioned the Trump thing earlier, Luke calls Lorelai, and she's giving him shit for how long he's extended his trip, and she pretends to not believe he's going to come home, and she says, like, okay, I'll see you when Hillary's president. Which, again, would have been fine, except it's just so weird to mention both candidates in this one episode well before any of that happened. Yeah. Just a weird quinky dink. Meanwhile, in Italy, Emily is being a total Karen to the hotel staff. She's complaining about everything, including the view from her balcony, which she claims has changed since the last time she was there. Like, she says the ruins are farther away than they used to be. She's, like, nitpicking everything and being, like, super bossy. The concierge, like, 100% seems like he's used to this from her. Like, he's panicking, trying to, like, make things right and do everything he can, bend over backwards to help her. But he also seems to, like, know her really well. Yeah. Because Rory says something about going to the catacombs, and he's like, oh, she doesn't want to go to the catacombs. He says, bones disturb her. So I'm guessing she just comes in and is, like, a witch, but then tips very heavily. So they're just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. It's sort of... How she is
0: he's like sweating and when rory suggests she wants to go out on her own during her grandma's nap he's like ah yes a nap <laughs> like, <laughs> lady needs one
1: and there's like a, an interesting interaction where emily's all like you know i might not take my nap today and rory's like oh cool and she's like i knew it mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't even fake it but she also seemed to be supportive of her going out on her own too she's yeah. like no i'm gonna take my nap go out but as she's leaving, Emily says, like, oh, when's the last time you called your mother? We should call her when you get back. And Rory's like, yeah, okay. You could tell from her voice, like, ah, I'd rather not do that, but I have to keep up appearances. Like, I'm not fighting with my mom right now. Mm-hmm. It's almost interesting that Rory, well, I mean, I guess Rory doesn't want to say what the fight's about to her grandmother.
0: I think it's interesting that Emily never picks up on the fact that they're fighting. Yeah. She's usually pretty astute about that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah we'll get into it later but they have a phone call and it's like very clearly cold especially when you know the two girls like you think Emily would pick up like they're usually laughing and joking forever and they're having these really small chit chats
0: Emily's very distracted by all the european men after her
1: yeah trying to bone her Back at the inn, Lorelai is very aggressively and very impatiently, like, micromanaging her staff constantly. Moving chairs and tables and, like, telling people to dust specific spots and, like, ordering around her gardener. Like, she's just yelling at everybody and just, like, trying to, like, fix everything, like, make it a certain way. You could tell the staff is just like, I hate this. Yeah. She kind of acts how I imagine someone who drinks the amount of coffee she does should act, (laughs) like super (laughs) strung out, but uh, she doesn't normally act this way. I think it's pretty clear almost immediately that she's like channeling her like frustrations and emotions about Rory into her work.
0: Right. She also doesn't currently have a Luke, so she's kind of just focusing on work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When she gets to work, she finds Michelle hiding behind the front desk. Uh, He's hiding because the family that's staying in the most expensive room they have has two kids who absolutely love hanging out with Michelle. They absolutely love how he pretends to get super mad and swear at them while he's chasing them all the time.
0: He definitely tells them to go fuck themselves at some point.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. And, like, Lorelai just, like, directs the kids right to him. He, like, complains to Lorelai she's like, they need to say nice things about us, so you need to, like, babysit them. And it's just funny because, like, all the stuff he does you'd think would, like, get him in trouble or get the kids leave him alone, but they just eat it up, like, every time he yells at him.
0: She tells Michelle that he's getting part of the profits, so he should keep these people happy. I think that's new information.
1: Yeah, I mean, I assumed he was getting some of the profits because he was, like, there at the beginning. Yeah. I guess I didn't know that, though.
0: He's got the job that Lorelai used to have, like the manager.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that.
0: They said that at some point, but it does make sense that he'd be part of the profits if he was there for the preparations. Right. I've
1: had managers like this where like something happened in their personal life and then like suddenly they're like, want to clean stuff. You know that when a boss comes in and they're like, let's pull this out and clean behind him. Like, oh, you had a fight last night with your spouse for sure. Like (laughs) you're channeling some emotions into this right now. Yeah, for sure. Emily calls, she immediately mentions that European men are terrible flirts and super randy, probably because she's got money, I think is the indication, but she just keeps mentioning it throughout the episode, like, the European men won't leave me alone.
0: She also speaks Italian, it seems, which impresses them a little.
1: Emily puts Rory on, and then Lorelai and Rory, like, sort of pretend to have some small talk for a few minutes to, like, keep up the ruse that they're not fighting, but, like, like you said, I just don't understand how Emily does not put together that they're fighting. Why this is happening, by the way, so Lorelai like walks into a bedroom where a maid is like making a bed, looks fine. Lorelei kind of, like, tells her to step away and, like, starts to make it the correct way, I guess. But, like, it's clear she's upset because she just totally messes it up and ends up just, like, tearing the sheets off the bed and, like, handing it back to the maid and leaving.
0: Yeah. She's just, like, angrily making a bed the whole time. Yeah. Badly.
1: So the conversation between Rory and her mother make it clear that they are still fighting and that Rory is not backing down at all. She's not accepting olive branches. She's still mad at her mother. But then Emily and Rory go to a restaurant. Emily is ordering in Italian. And like you said, she seems to be able to speak Italian really well. The guy even says as much. And the waiter is, I guess, flirting very hard with Emily. That's what Emily says anyway. But while she's ordering, it seems like Rory's like sort of distracted by something. Almost like something that's like off screen.
0: Yeah, unclear.
1: And I, You know, we never find out what that is.
0: No, we won't talk about it later.
1: <laughs> Back at Luke's in America. <laughs>
0: I'm sure that cafe scene was...
1: Also in America. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think any of that was in Italy at all. Um, At Luke's, Lane's band is meeting, and they're worried their covers are just so good. It's going to make their original songs sound bad. So they're deciding, like, maybe we just play the covers we're not good at and make our original sound great. So Brian's got to go to work. He puts on a bicycle helmet, and then he leaves. Then Zach brings in two floozy women. I don't know if these are the same women from before.
0: One of them is, I think. Okay. She was named in this episode, and I don't think she was named in the previous episode, but it looks like one of those women from their show. The one that doesn't come up to Lane.
1: Yeah. Well, they come in, and Lane sort of makes a face. I don't really know what that means.
0: Like, she's jelly. Yeah, maybe. You don't think so?
1: I thought at first it was just, well, I at the end, yes, I do think that's the case, but I don't know. If she she doesn't even know she's jealous at this point.
0: Right. But it, it becomes pretty clear that she's jelly. Yeah.
1: But then we have a scene a little later where it starts off with Lane talking to Caesar. Caesar, the chef, has invented a new salad, which is nothing like a Caesar salad, but he would like to call it Caesar's salad, which is fine. That's kind of funny. But then Zach comes in with these two rando girls again. Now he's talking to them about the Da Vinci Code. (laughs) It's the same thing he was super annoyed at Brian for telling him all about. Now he's telling them about it and they're like super into it. He's acting like a total douche. He, like, snaps and, like, gestures for Lane to come serve them. Then he orders for both of the women. And at first it seemed like this, like, I don't know, chauvinistic sort of, like, I'll order for you thing. But it seems like he's ordering what they want. I don't know.
0: Yeah, these women are so into him. I've never been a woman that's, like, dated a man at the same time as another woman. Like, right. are they into the fact that he's trying to be with both of them? Maybe I'm just a prude in that department.
1: Yeah, I feel like we should bring another woman in.
0: <laughs> to discuss this with us.
1: Yeah. No, I... uh No, but it, it's, it's interesting, right? Because, like, if he were, like, I don't know, Adam Levine or something like that, right? I think sure. he's married. But I'm just trying to pick, like, a hot superstar.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying.
1: I could see a woman being like, I would love to have this guy by myself, but... There's no way he's going to settle for one woman, you know?
0: So I'll hang out with him and this other woman for our free fries or whatever.
1: Yeah, and like, I get to sleep with Adam Levine. Yeah, another woman's there, but whatever. This is crazy. This is fun. But Zach is just like some random guy in a band that's not that popular. Yeah. I just don't know how he's got groupies, let alone groupies that are sharing, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But anyway, he's ordering their food. Then he's like, oh, and, uh, you know, some of those free fries for everybody. And then Lane's like, no, there's no free fries. Only you can eat them. And you can't share them. So he's like, fine, I'm leaving. And then he does.
0: She's pretty mean to him the whole time he's there.
1: He's acting like a huge douche the way he, like, waves her over.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: I want to point out, though, I was talking about Brian's change earlier, which makes sense because they're, like, poor. How does Zach have enough money to pay for three meals?
0: Well, he's not planning on paying for the fries. (laughs) I
1: know, but... It just seems to me like they're all struggling to get by. Mm-hmm. So it seems weird that he's like buying these girls food. Yeah, yeah. But then after, you know, Zach leaves in a huff, one of the girls comes back and comes up to Lane and says, Hey, we're sorry. We didn't know.
0: Very girl code groupy.
1: Yeah. And Lane's like, No, what? And the girl's like, hmm, And then just like walks out without saying anything. And it's pretty obvious that they're suggesting that Lane's got a thing for Zach. Which I have felt in a previous episode, there was some sexual tension between them. Although Zach's a total douche.
0: The one we were just talking about where they have that concert, right? Yeah. He tells her she did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're trying to make her have a crush on him, right?
1: Yeah. I hope they find some redeeming values in him because right now I don't really like Zach. Like, I don't hate Zach. I don't, like, hate him, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that, like, I'm going to be rooting for. I mean, he can change, but he just seems, like, sort of shitty.
0: What about Dave?
1: Well, that's my question, too, is, like, where the hell is Dave? Like, I know where Dave is, but, like, it seems like we're just dropping him because we haven't talked about Dave in forever. That's true. We used to at least be like, I called Dave. I had a fight with Dave. Like, now we're just, like, if I said Dave, would Lane even know who the hell I'm talking about? That's a good question. I mean, he read the Bible in a night. It's hard to do. Anyway, back at the end, Michelle is, like, very exasperatedly playing Chinese checkers with those kids. (laughs) And they are loving how annoyed he is getting at them. You can tell that he's like a little flustered too that maybe he's going to lose this game to
0: them. Yeah, they're like, you're going to hit the board if you lose, right? He's like, I won't lose.
1: These kids are evil. Lorelai is still micromanaging, getting annoyed at every small little thing that's wrong. Finally, Suki just like calls her out on it and says like, you're working way too much. You're doing everything yourself and you should be delegating all this stuff. The last straw was at some point off screen, Lorelai like rearranged Suki's fridge.
0: That is insane.
1: Yeah. It seems like one of those things that she wouldn't do.
0: Yeah, yeah. It almost felt like that's like the one thing she might trust Suki to do right.
1: Yeah. Even if it looked like a mess, you'd be like, but Suki clearly knows what she's doing. So I'm just going right. to let it go. Suki finally gets through to her when she's like, the staff is as afraid of you as like Emily's staff is of her. And that like is like, oh, maybe something's wrong with me.
0: Yeah. She's like, oh, I'll take a break.
1: And as she's leaving, we see and hear Michelle, like, hit the board. We don't see him hit the board, but we see the pieces go flying. Yeah. And the kids are cheering. They love it.
0: You really like this kid bit.
1: It was funny. Then, though, Rory calls back. She was distracted at the restaurant because she's been there before with Lorelai. And she remembered a misadventure the two had there together, where there was, like, a little dog barking in a basket, and Rory accidentally ordered a bunch of gross cheese. Instead of her cream coffee. for her coffee. Yeah. Then we get what we've all been waiting for. Rory apologizes. Mm-hmm. She apologizes to her mom. And she admits that she screwed up like really, really bad. And she wants to fix everything. But she needs Lorelai to help her fix everything. She needs Lorelai to deliver a letter to Dean. She needs her mom to deliver it so that Lindsay doesn't see the letter. Lorelai seems uncomfortable, but she's like, all right, I'll do this for you. So Lorelai gets the letter and she brings it to Doses, where Dean is sporting a fresh new short haircut.
0: This letter got there fast. It's like within a week.
1: To be fair, we don't know when she sent it.
0: Yeah, it might have been on its way.
1: Yeah. When she gives him the letter, poor, doe-eyed, desperate Dean asks all kinds of questions like, What happened? Where is she? Who is she with? Why did she go? Because she just ghosted him after they made love that second time at Miss Patty's. Yeah. Which is kind of awful. Now, hold on. Let me just take a couple steps back, okay? Now, I get that this affair was both of their faults. And if you're going to put blame on them, it's more Dean's fault than Rory's. Rory still should not have done it. But Dean is the one who's married. And there's an argument to be made that... He was lying to Rory about how the relationship was with Lindsay. I kind of think and feel like he did think and feel like their relationship was over. Uh, You don't think so?
0: I think he thought he wasn't going to stay married to her. Yes. But I think he hadn't told her that.
1: No, no, I agree with you. I meant to say I think part of Dean's justification wasn't just like, I'm going to fuck Rory, fuck my wife. I think he was like...
0: This isn't going to work out.
1: Yeah, he was like, this is okay, because I know my marriage is not going to last. And I bet Lindsay feels that way too. But he said some stuff to Rory that I don't think was true. Like, I don't think Lindsay knew this, you know, was over. It wasn't officially over. I think he kind of buttered that whole thing up to suggest it was more over than it was. So Dean is at fault more so than Rory, for sure. I would never argue the opposite. However... It is also awful to, like, sleep with this guy twice, leave him in a position where he's about to dissolve his marriage, and then just, like, ghost him.
0: She's done this before, Brian.
1: I know. She did this to Jess. She kissed him in season two at the wedding.
0: Told him not to say anything and went to D.C. for that government thing.
1: Yeah, and then just didn't write him, didn't call him or anything. So it's, again, I'm not saying what Dean did was right. It was obviously wrong. Very wrong. But this is just, like, a thing that Rory does now, I guess. It's so bad because you're leaving him in this marriage that's, like, set for self-destruction. But then, like, you're not giving any more guidance or helping him, through. you know?
0: I'm honestly surprised he hasn't spoken to Lorelai sooner. Because he doesn't necessarily know they're forever fighting. Right. And it's kind of his thing to go to Lorelai for help with Rory.
1: He was probably afraid he'd find too much of an attraction between him and Lorelai. He wouldn't be able to Mm. hold himself back.
0: I can't have Rory, but I can have you.
1: <laughs> well, he probably heard about Luke, so. It's just, I, I don't, I just, that's so, I don't understand why Rory thought that was okay. I
0: uh. I mean, she did have to leave, but I don't know how she would have contacted
1: D Well, he calls her before she leaves and she doesn't answer the phone. She sees it's him and hangs up.
0: That's true, you're right.
1: And I, it is true once she's in Europe, it's sort of hard to get a hold of him. But like, if she believed that he was ending his marriage and was gonna be with her, then ghosting him is sort of fucked up.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: If she's like, I think he's going to stay with Lindsay, then it's different. But like, as far as their conversations have gone, she thought he was leaving her. Anyway.
0: Dean, by the way, is like flirting with this woman about eggs when Lorelai comes in. She's not
1: flirting with the woman.
0: <laughs> it felt flirty. He's like, I don't know when they come in. You might want to give me your name and number and I could call you when the eggs come in, girl. I I did
1: not. I thought that was just to, like, have that moment where Lorelai's waiting for him and he's sort of, like, impatiently trying to make this woman go away a little bit.
0: I'm adding something that's maybe not there, but it wasn't not flirty.
1: What do you guys think? I did not get any sense of flirt from this. If you think this is flirted, I flirted with a lot of people who asked for help at various jobs I've had.
0: And that's how we met. (laughs)
1: Listen, the eggs are coming in tomorrow, but I can help you today. Lorelai hands him the letter, and he's you know got a million questions. And he does, I think, a good job acting, too. He seems like very desperate to know what's going on. And she just says, like, hey, I'm just a messenger, nothing more.
0: They're doing this thing where they're saying the title now.
1: Yep. Thank you. I like it. Yeah, it's a bad title. for like two seasons, Gilmore Girls. So later, Suki and Lorelai are taking a walk together. They're trying not to think about work, but they keep coming back to like different worries they have about work. But then they come across Dean's house. Where he and Lindsay are having a very public, over the top, like stereotypical breakup fight, where she's like literally throwing his stuff out of the window. Uh, it's over now, right? I mean, I feel like it's over.
0: Yeah, I, I think they label it as over in this episode.
1: And it makes you wonder what was in the letter so much. But the way he's speaking, it seems like, you know, he didn't just break up with her or something like that. But she's like, I I want you gone. I don't want to see you. It ends with her saying, like, I hate you, Dean, which is like, well, you're probably not going to stay married to someone you hate. Suki, meanwhile, is just like super jazzed. They came across this fight. She doesn't know any of the like behind the scenes stuff. And she's all like, Ooh, I never get to see these things. And she's like, oh, you know, I guess that's what happens when you get married too young. They've
0: stumbled across a Dean and Lindsay fight before. They were fighting in front of them at the inn recently.
1: That's true. But not like one of these fights, though. No, no,
0: no. Not a yard fight.
1: I've never seen that. I've always heard about the woman throwing stuff out the window.
0: This show invented it.
1: That's why all of my stuff's very large. So I just, you couldn't do it. <laughs> my TV is too big to go out the window.
0: Is that why we have bars?
1: Mm-hmm. That's why I added the security bars.
0: Did you plan on something big.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Just not go through my coat pockets, please. They go to Lorelai's house where Rory arrives and immediately hugs her mom. Yay, they're better. So I am so happy that they made up because that's what I want. I want every episode. Well, I want every episode to be like tons of drama. But then I want every season to end with all of them hugging and talking about how happy they are. Like, season one, essentially, is how I want Gilmore Girls to end. (laughs) But I will say this. So I think timeline-wise, it 100% makes sense that they got over their fight. Because Rory's been gone for two months, which is a ton of time. Also, Rory suspected she was wrong and her mother was right almost immediately. So I feel like that, like, pride and stuff would dissolve over two months. And you'd realize you were wrong and be able to make up with your mother. But from our point of view, it seems like they had this huge fight, and Rory was so cold to her just last week. And it's just like, oh, and it's over. Problem solved. It's just like, oh, I thought this might be like a four or five episode fight or something. Just a little jarring. You
0: want them to fight for four or five episodes? I
1: don't want them to fight. I just, it felt like it was going to be a big, significant, long fight. But it wasn't. And that's fine, because I'm happy when they're happy.
0: Well, they're happy. Ish. Right now.
1: Yeah, in this two seconds.
0: (laughs) there's a whole bunch of funny stuff in the scene with Emily too she drops them off and she's not accepting hugs because she smells like airplane <laughs> yeah and there's it's
1: weird because Rory goes to hug her and she's like oh, I smell like airplane but I'm like, <laughs> like so does Rory you
0: know and again she just like brings up how much she got hit on in Europe all those men have such high libidos yeah she says something like they saw us coming and Suki says saw you coming where is that a dirty joke they're making?
1: Rewatching, it doesn't seem like a dirty joke, but like, I just maybe. don't know
0: why Sugi would ask that otherwise. Like, is she just dumb?
1: Sugi never gets to see people fight or come. She's just always sees people normal, level headed.
0: Just like the double entendre of that joke is like, is that what we're going for? It seems dirty for the show, but it seemed not clever it enough. It seemed for more the show? innocent
1: than dirty. I don't know. They sit down to talk, and Sugi mentions that the inn and the restaurant are doing fantastic, which is, I think, kind of almost for us to learn.
0: Mm -hmm. She says, despite Michelle, the inn is doing great. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. But then she immediately and excitedly starts to spill the Dean domestic drama tea.
0: Lorelai had so much time to tell her not to say anything to Rory.
1: This whole interaction is a little weird because it seems like Rory almost drops by unexpectedly, which you have to know when she's coming back from Europe. Yeah,
0: Lorelai must have known when she was coming home.
1: But also... Suki doesn't know all that recent history.
0: I feel like there's a way for Lorelai to be like, oh, since it's Rory's ex, maybe don't bring it up. I'll tell her or something like that.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's true.
0: But I also get why she'd want to share the gossip, especially since she doesn't get to see this ever.
1: Yeah. Lorelai can tell that Rory isn't going to like hearing about this. So she finds a reason for Suki to go home and Lorelai and Rory go for a walk, where they run right into Lindsay and her mom. <laughs> Lindsay's mom... Just starts yelling at Rory, just like tearing into her, calling her a monster and saying she broke up a marriage and destroyed lives. It's a lot to hear, (laughs) right, when you get back from your European trip.
0: I feel like it's believable, though.
1: No, I don't mean like a lot, like the writing's bad. Like, I just meant like, oh, Rory, that's probably a lot to hear. No, I Mm -hmm. 100% believe that a mother would say that to the woman who was the other woman.
0: Yeah, and Lorelai's like defending her, but I'm like, I don't know, Lorelai. I get why you'd want to defend her, but it's also... I get why this woman's doing this.
1: You, and I think Lorelai kind of says that too. She's like, I understand you're upset, but you can't do this. Lindsay's mom's not being crazy, you know? Right. She did sleep with him twice too. But Dean also misled Rory. So it's it's not like Rory made him do it.
0: I wonder if it was in the letter that they did it twice. I don't know. They don't really say.
1: We find out that Lindsay found the letter in Dean's coat. That's what led to all of this.
0: Neither Lindsay or Rory say anything during this, by the way.
1: No, they kind of just look at their feet and look sad, both of them. Rory is pretty distraught and like can barely like speak. She tells her mom that in the letter, she told Dean that uh, she didn't regret their time together. It was like very special, but since he's married, she took herself out of the equation so that he could like figure out his life, which, I don't know, I guess makes sense. It's just... It would have been really nice to send that letter like right before you left. Right. It's like kind of fucked up. That you, I mean, it's fucked up that he cheated. Both are wrong. And like, I feel like I keep wanting to talk about how what Rory did was wrong. But we all know what Dean did was double super wrong. I just can't get over the fact that Rory, who's someone who I think is smart. I don't think Dean's smart. I think Rory's smart. <laughs> it's like crazy to me that uh, she would do that.
0: She's maybe just not really thinking about his feelings because, like, on the one hand, she's alone with her grandma who she can't talk to. She has no one to talk to about what happened. Yeah. She probably figures, like, Dean at least is home with his family and friends and wife.
1: Who he's trying to leave. Right. It's just a departure for me because in the show, they've gone out of their way to show what an empathetic person Rory is. Like, time and time again, like, her mother has done something and she's, like, gone out of her way to be like... Think about, like, how grandma would feel. Think about how grandpa would feel. Like, think mm-hmm. about how you're hurting them. Think of it from their perspective. And so it just seems, like, very unlike her to, like, not consider those things. Um, She's but I never guess, really
0: been good with relationships, though.
1: You're absolutely right. So they go to Luke's. Lorelai's like, I'm going to buy you whatever you want. And Luke's there. And then Lorelai starts giving him shit for, like, having been gone for, like, seven weeks. She keeps, like, punching him in the arm. They're just so
0: awkward. They're just, like, slapping and giggling with each other.
1: Yeah, it gets kind of awkward. So, like, Luke goes to the pharmacy. I don't know. This I, I really want to know how you feel about this scene. So he's like, oh, I gotta run an errand. It's clearly a lie.
0: Yeah, this is the same move as when Jess went to Wade by Roy at the gas station.
1: Yeah. So he leaves, and then Lorelai makes an excuse about needing to go to Dosey's to get a banana. Suddenly, they're at a restaurant. <laughs> She's like, I need a banana.
0: It's because there's a banana in Buffy and Amy's trying to reference it.
1: No, that's what it is. That's what it is.
0: It's not not that.
1: I would say that Rory would probably normally be like, what? But like at that moment, Lane sits down and is like, okay, some skanky ho said that I might be in love with Zach. Thoughts?
0: <laughs> <laughs> she does call her like a trollop or something.
1: A dirty trollop. Not a vicious trollop. A dirty trollop, which is a different- Makeup color. Mm -hmm. I do think it's interesting that, like, a couple times around Rory, like, dirty trollop, and later Lorelei calls someone a slut around Rory. And it's like, these words might have some impact on her right now.
0: (laughs) That's interesting. I never even thought of that. Good job, Brian.
1: But Rory also maybe isn't super listening to Lane. Seems like she's sort of zoned out, which is understandable because she just had some big revelations. Mm -hmm. We'll get back to that. So, Lane is like, what do you think? Do you think I have a thing for Zach? I don't know what the bigger revelation is for Rory. The fact that Dean's relationship is over or that uh, Lane might be dating Zach. Who knows? We'll find out.
0: It was a weird cut. It seemed like Rory was going to say something. Like she had a thought, but it wasn't about Lane. Right. Maybe it was, I got to go see Dean.
1: Well, because Lane says like, are you even listening? Yeah. And she does go see Dean and we'll talk about that in a second. But first, Lorelai meets up with Luke under this tree. He was like, yeah, I made up an errand. I didn't really have anything to do. But I did go to the pharmacy and I had to buy something. So I bought cigarettes, which is like not a cheap thing to buy. Should have bought like gum or something. Yeah, I don't don't
0: know why he panic bought something he doesn't use.
1: So he gives the cigarettes to Lorelai. But I need to ask you, was his whole bit like, hey, I got a thing. Wink, wink. Lorelai, come with me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is
0: the same thing as when Jess and Rory did that. Yeah. I, in the moment, didn't necessarily pick up on it when Luke said he had to run an errand. Yeah. But as soon as Lorelai's like, oh, me too.
1: Well, I mean, I knew Lorelai followed him. I mean, I knew that's what her errand was. But it almost seemed like he was like, oh, this is, like, uncomfortable because, like, Rory's here and things are weird and you're giving me shit for being gone. It was almost like, I-, I don't know.
0: No, I think he wanted to have a nice moment with her but couldn't do it there because Rory was there.
1: Okay. He gives her the cigarettes and she's like, oh, thanks. But that is it's sort of a misdirect because then he pulls out the necklace that Liz gave him to give to her. hmm and he's all like, oh, here, you can have this. You know, if it doesn't match the earrings, I'll take it back. And she's like, it does indeed match the earrings that she's currently wearing.
0: And they say it's a perfect match.
1: They both say perfect match, which is like a interesting terminology to repeat. Hmm. Then they go to kiss. It's actually very sweet. Like, they're smiling and they're going to kiss. And then the cider mill parade starts, like, right behind
0: (laughs) them. Remember from the crazy intro? Yeah, I know. I didn't
1: think it was that funny. I knew they weren't. Well, I thought they might kiss, I guess. You
0: knew they'd get interrupted by something?
1: No, I mean, I thought that was sort of the offer, but I didn't particularly find it funny. One of the apple kids falls and dies. He gets trampled. It's fucked up. No, 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 no. But they, yeah, they get interrupted by the parade. They're like, I'll have to do this some other time. But why can't you just kiss? I don't understand.
0: I think they're still trying to hide from the town.
1: That's impossible in this town. If Suki knows, Babette knows, everyone knows.
0: Babette doesn't know.
1: She's gonna know. In the parade, Michelle is there angrily escorting the two kids. Lorelai bumps into that guy who was handing out flyers, and he releases a bunch of his red balloons. She's like, "Uh, I could give you some money. All I have are these. And she hands him the cigarettes, which is kind of funny.
0: Also, before Luke takes off, he says, so we'll hook up later, maybe. And Lorelai says, definitely. This is important for Buffy.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But also, it's kind of like, no, we're gonna, bitch. Yeah.
1: We follow this comical scene to a very serious one. As Rory heads over to Dean's parents' house to talk to him, because that's where he's staying now. He comes out wearing the wrinkliest shirt I have ever seen in my life. I don't know if this is supposed to be like Lindsay's not there to iron his stuff anymore or if he like had to wring out all of Lindsay's tears from it or something. Like, I don't know why it's this wrinkly, but it is.
0: So sad.
1: It's just like a weird choice.
0: Probably both. He had to wring it out and then didn't have an iron.
1: That's, yeah, I guess it was a very smart choice.
0: It might just be to symbolize that he is on his own again, but his mom should know how to iron it too. Right. Maybe she's mad at him.
1: She asks how he feels and Dean says he feels like an idiot because he threw his life away, his marriage away and hurt both of these families. All for a girl who dumped him and then ghosted him. She's like, yeah, he goes inside because he's got to get ready for work, which when when is he not at work or getting ready for work? I don't know. Dean's always working.
0: Which might be why he's wearing a wrinkly shirt. I mean, if we're not going somewhere, we're not ironing our clothes. We're not ironing our clothes when we are going somewhere. So like, I don't blame him for wearing a wrinkly sweatshirt on his day off now that we're thinking about it.
1: I hear you, but it's so fucking wrinkly. It's not just normal wrinkly.
0: It's like, this is a TV show, guys. Let's iron some shit. <laughs>
1: Well, he goes back inside, and then Rory looks up, sadly, at those passing escaped red balloons. I don't know if that's supposed to symbolize something. I felt like it was supposed to be important, but I don't know what that meant. Was that, like, her chance with Dean leaving? Was that her innocence?
0: I haven't read up on balloon symbology as much as I should.
1: Yeah, you really should be reading about balloon symbology, honey. I know. Back at home, Rory and Lorelai are going to watch some movies. Specifically, they're going to watch Showgirls again. I guess Lorelai loves it, and she's got like a special DVD. But first, Rory says she wants to watch some home movies she made of her and Emily in Europe. And then she puts on a scene from a movie called A Room with a View, which is from like 1985. It's this like proper British woman. Maggie Smith. Talking about the view. <laughs> from their room it's, it's basically
0: funny. what Emily did
1: yeah it's, it's pretty much what Emily did and I, it's a pretty funny joke it would be a funny joke if like you actually showed that to your mom and said it was you and your grandma
0: yeah 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 and Rory's sad but she still made a joke
1: yeah and that's it that's where the episode ends
0: I just want to point out A Room with a View is an angel episode yep and Lorelai also tries to get Rory to talk to her about stuff in the scene and she says a sanctuary which is an angel episode and she mentions jousting which happened in a recent angel episode
1: Yeah, you're right about all of those. I did not even think about
0: that. That's maybe a stretch for something, but just noticing things.
1: I guess maybe you are spending... Here I thought you're wasting your balloon symbology research time on nothing, but obviously you're putting some stuff together. (laughs) Thank you. So do you think this is a good episode?
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't think it was as good as the last couple we've watched, Mm -hmm. but I definitely thought it was good there's a, some heavy drama here with the dean stuff yeah luke and lorelei finally coming back together was cute i liked the running bit of the renaissance fair emily was kind of funny and like pleasant for the most part to her family at least
1: right it was almost like the part with the concierge is to remind us that emily's a lot mm-hmm. because she was very nice to her family
0: it was cool to see sugi be like a good friend to lorelei
1: yeah especially since lorelei like treats her badly a lot <laughs>
0: And we got some some Lane stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think that was the stuff I was talking about setting it up for the season mm-hmm. was like, oh, this is going to be what's happening this season with Lane.
0: I know some people don't really like TJ, and I feel like I do, but this was a little over the top. I don't really buy that he like wouldn't want to do the work.
1: Yeah, because it doesn't even seem like difficult work.
0: Because he's, like, gone out of his way to, like, make this business good for her. Yeah. So then for him to, like, not want to do it is a little weird.
1: I felt like the writing for TJ honestly was bad because it doesn't really jive with what we've already learned about him. Like, he built that thing for her. Exactly. And, like I said, the work isn't particularly difficult. And so I really don't see—honestly, I don't know why you would need two people to run that booth, honestly. I
0: don't buy him as, like, a lazy guy so far. Right. Unless they're trying to pivot that way.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's a lazy guy either. Well, this episode made it clear that he maybe can be, but...
0: I think they just needed to have a reason that Luke hadn't left yet.
1: And they're trying to make a reason while it's funny.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I, I liked it. There's not a lot wrong with it.
1: Yeah, it was good. Didn't blow me away with its humor in this episode. Sure. I feel like as far as Gilmore Girls go, this was a less funny one.
0: Not as many lols.
1: No, because Gilmore Girls, sometimes it's like a machine gun and all the bullets hit.
0: Mm-hmm. Was Kirk even in this one? There's your problem.
1: I mean, honestly.
0: <laughs> That's weird.
1: So funny. Season one, Kirk, I wasn't in love with. It wasn't until like maybe even season three where it was like, give me Kirk every episode, please. Yeah. Well, maybe we should move on to a special segment. A special segment we like to call Meanwhile Uncharted.
0: Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen.
1: But we're discussing it anyway.
0: Based only on its IMDb summaries. Brian, what happened on Charmed?
1: Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 5, Episode 2, A Witch's Tale, Part 2, Paige, Leo, and Piper try to track down the mermaid Phoebe, who is eventually captured by the demon who made the deal with the sea hag for immortality. Meanwhile, Piper is worried about fighting while she's pregnant. Well... This is pretty self-explanatory.
0: Is it, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) In part one, Phoebe was not a mermaid, nor was Piper pregnant. In fact, Phoebe was the one who was trying to be pregnant. Well, I
1: mean, a lot happens in the beginning of this episode.
0: I think what happens is Phoebe, desperate to get her baby back. Because remember, she was pregnant with the cause. Right, And she, like didn't give up her powers because she thought she could get her baby back. Right. She's like, this is the way. I'm gonna jump in this water. The sea hag is gonna give me my powers back. So she makes a deal with like the sea hag and the sea hag's like, oops, nope, you're a mermaid. Yeah. But somehow the baby miracle does happen, but it ends up in Piper. And now Piper's pregnant with the cause. That's what happened. So Paige, Leo, and Piper, even though Piper's like, I don't wanna fight because I'm pregnant with Phoebe's baby. I have to go get Phoebe from being a mermaid. And she's been captured by the demon who made the deal with the sea hag? Wait, there's a separate demon besides the sea hag?
1: Yeah, the one that made the deal with the sea hag. He was hiding around the whole time.
0: So the mermaid, the original mermaid, had an immortality. The right. sea hag wanted it, yep. and the demon wants it from the sea hag?
1: Uh, the demon wanted to turn Phoebe into a mermaid. Oh. That was his whole deal. He was like, oh, then we'll break up the three. They won't have their magic anymore. I think Phoebe is going to have like a special baby too. This will fix it all.
0: So he like posed as the sea hag to be like, come into the water. It'll be fine. You'll get your baby and everything.
1: No, I think the sea hag did it, but he was sort of like whispering in her ear like what to do. Yeah. And like giving her the magic she needed to accomplish all this.
0: Okay. Well, so the last episode ended with the original mermaid's boyfriend telling yeah. the sea hag that he loved her in a drunken darkness yep so where are they at now
1: they're married it, actually things worked out
0: for the sea hag yeah and the man
1: yeah i mean the guy was like listen what am i gonna be a wet crop-topped girls always no i want to be with this moderately attractive well-dressed right. sea hag
0: so that innocent mermaid loses her immortality then
1: Eventually, the the sisters track down the demon. They figure out it's the demon. And they say, listen, if you can give that mermaid back her immortality, we'll name the baby after you. And this dude's like, "Mm, that sounds kind of cool.
0: And you have to make Phoebe not a mermaid. Yeah. and He's like, deal. I'll do that. There's nothing I can do about who's pregnant with the cause, though. That's got to stay that way. So Piper's pregnant with the cause. Phoebe's back to normal. The mermaid's got her mortality back. The sea hag doesn't have immortality.
1: But she has someone she's in love with.
0: (laughs) So everyone's kind of happy.
1: Perfect ending. Show should have ended here.
0: The mermaid didn't love that guy anyway.
1: No, and that guy did not love a lot. I mean, there was a reason he wasn't saying I love you to her. (laughs) He was in lust with half of her. Listen, we've all been there.
0: So I'm guessing there might be some tension between Phoebe and Piper. Oh, yeah. You know, that used to be her baby.
1: And it's going to have a demon name now. It's a lot.
0: Yeah, which we'll reveal later. Later. We didn't actually hear his name. They whispered it. Yeah.
1: Piper's eyes got all big like, that's the name? We'll find out later, guys.
0: Yeah. So uh, this has been Meanwhile, Meanwhile Uncharmed.
1: Uncharmed. Well, now that we've talked about the magic that is charmed, Stacy, can you tell us all about real me?
0: Yeah. Real Me is about Buffy's sister Dawn, who we found out about at the very end of the last episode. A lot of it is told through Dawn's diary entries, specifically like how she feels about Buffy and her friends. And it's also about Harmony starting a gang of vampires and trying to kill Buffy. Mm -hmm. And Giles finally figures some stuff out. Yeah. We'll get into it. So it opens with Giles helping Buffy with a guided meditation, okay, like Liz, that allows her to do a one-handed handstand on a tiny little column next to some crystals.
1: Ooh, like TJ can't. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. Now you're stretching, Brian. <laughs> but remember last episode, Giles asked Buffy to help her find her inner Slayer and unlock her full potential. Right? Seems like it's going great so far. Until Dawn adds one more crystal to the little crystal area, and then Buffy comes tumbling down. Dawn's like, "Can we go now?" I guess she's supposed to be an annoying little sister, but come on, Dawn, that's like a dick move. The crystals are clearly here for a reason. You're not like a baby, yeah, that like doesn't know not to touch something, right? Well, they let her be in the opening credits anyway. And they let her narrate the episode.
1: This is the fastest transition from guest star to in the credits on the show. <laughs> it's just like kind of a fun bit of trivia. She should have been in the first episode, but they obviously were hiding it from us.
0: Yeah. Throughout the episode, Dawn's in her room, writing in her diary. Nobody understands me. Nobody gets what it's like to have a slayer for a big sister. Everyone thinks she's the shit and I'm nobody. And Dawn doesn't even think slang's that big of a deal. This is all over a little vaudeville breakfast routine with Buffy, Dawn, and Joyce, where Buffy keeps trying to make her breakfast, but Joyce and especially Dawn keep, like, stealing her shit. Yeah. This is where Buffy's eating a banana. Buffy's on her way to the magic store with Giles, and Joyce is like, hey, why don't you bring your sister along and take her school supply shopping? If you think Joyce was a bad mom to one daughter, wait till you see her with two
1: daughters.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She said she's got some big things happening at the gallery, but take her a different day, Joyce. This isn't like Buffy's responsibility to go on your errand you forgot about. Yeah, Buffy
1: saves the world like every other weekend. Like maybe she doesn't have to take her sister shopping.
0: Joyce insists that Giles won't mind, but Buffy insists he will. And it's clear that Buffy and Dawn don't really get along. Then Riley stops by and tells Joyce she looks great. I was like, whoa, 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 what the fuck, Riley? No, (laughs) it's a weird thing to tell a mom. You say her hair looks nice or her top looks pretty, but hey, my girlfriend's mom, you look great. It's fucking weird.
1: First off, Joyce looks good, (laughs) all right? He ain't lying.
0: We had to pause and discuss this because you disagreed with me. And I may have been wrong about the vagina curtains, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Out of context, that's so weird to say. (laughs) I might have been wrong about the vagina curtains, Brian.
0: No additional context, but as soon as we hit play again, Buffy calls him out on it. Yeah. You're like, well, okay. To be fair, she calls him a suck-up, not like a creep.
1: In my mind, it's like, he's saying that she looks good. Number one, she does. She's an attractive mother, okay? Okay. She's a mother I'd like to flirt with. She is very attractive, but also it's like, sure, if... Your mother and you are about the same level of attractiveness. It's a little weird, but it's. I'm clearly not trying to bone the mother when the daughter who I'm dating is Sarah Michelle Geller, who is almost like a model, like very, very, very attractive. So, couple things.
0: You want to flirt with Joyce?
1: Oh, I'd flirt with Joyce.
0: Okay. Other thing Riley is dating Rory's mom at some point in this timeline. IRL, those actors dated.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
0: So Buffy calls him on this, and he's like, well, what? I'm here to violate your firstborn. Never goes over well with parents. I just feel like those aren't the only two options to say, Riley. Bring the woman some wine. Tell her her garden looks nice. For a man with two mommies, you're sure bad with mommies.
1: Two mommies? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, I don't remember that plot point. uh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Big plot point. Yeah. And then Buffy and Riley very intimately kiss and have this whole conversation right in front of Dawn. I'm like, is she a ghost? Do people outside of the family not see her? No, Riley sees her. I'm starting to feel for Dawn. (laughs) No one gives a shit about her.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what this episode's about.
0: Riley is there because he and Buffy made plans to hang out today, which Buffy's totally forgotten about. He's like, okay, well, we'll hook up later. Remember Luke Uh said that?
1: Uh huh. Amy, what are you doing? What code are you sending us?
0: I will admit these connections are maybe more coincidental than like the Dracula and the cheese, but there's still a decent amount of them.
1: Yeah, the banana, now that I remember. That was just like a very specific thing.
0: There's a weird thing that Lorelei said. The Gilmore episodes are the ones where the connections should be more forced, and that really felt forced. Yeah. Maybe we're forcing it, but we're not going to drop this quite yet. Riley's not mad. He's happy that Buffy's got this new Slayer training project. So Giles picks up Buffy in his brand new car. It's a little red convertible. Midlife crisis much?
1: It seduced him. Yeah.
0: Dawn starts messing with the radio. Maybe I don't feel for her. That's another dick move. Yeah. Giles yells at her. We get some more diary narration that she knows Giles doesn't like her. She suspects because he's old. Giles is having a hard time driving because his new car is an automatic. And he says it's not working out with the car. (laughs) He just hates sitting there and letting the car do all the work. Buffy's like, are you breaking up with your car? He's like, well, it did seduce me, all red and sporty. (laughs) Lovey kind of makes fun of him, and he suggests now that he's her watcher again, she should show a little more respect. She's like, do I have to? He's like, yes, there's much less time for frivolity now. And then they see Willow and Tara on the street, and he's like, ooh, they haven't seen my new car yet. (laughs) Willow and Tara are also on their way to the magic shop, and Dawn is really excited to see both of them. A lot of interesting stuff happens here. Between the scene and some narration from Dawn, we learn that Willow and her are chess partners. That's interesting, because until this point, we could believe that Dawn's always existed, but like maybe lived with her dad and suddenly got shipped here somehow. But in the show, Dawn's only been here like a week. So how many times could her and Willow really have played chess? So this basically confirms that we're running with the reality that Dawn's been here all along. The next interesting thing is she thinks it's cool that Willow and Tara are witches, and she's told her mom she wants them to teach her some of the stuff they do together, which made Joyce get quiet and send on to her room, basically confirming the reality that Joyce is a homophobe?
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: This is confusing because last week she didn't seem to know Tara and Willow were a couple. In fact, it seemed like they were maybe intentionally not telling her.
1: Yeah, it's a weird disconnect.
0: So is this a different reality where Joyce does know? It could just be that Joyce isn't comfortable with Dawn doing witch stuff, but I don't know that that's what the show's insinuating.
1: I think it was a reference to them being gay. Yeah. And Joyce not being comfortable with that. Yeah. And to be fair, Joyce is of an older generation. She wasn't necessarily like angry about it or something, but maybe she just didn't handle it very well.
0: Dawn says that too. She's like, maybe my mom's just from a different generation where they don't like witchcraft. Willow, like Riley, is all proud of Buffy's new Slayer work ethic, but... Buffy regrets to inform Willow that her new training schedule means she's not going to be able to take drama class with her this semester, which Willow does not like. That's all we get on that for now, but seems like there's going to be drama class.
1: But that seems important, right? Because, like, that's a big step for Willow. Yeah. Like, that was one of her major fears, and, like, having Buffy be her, like, touchstone or rock in that probably is something she really needs.
0: Right. She, like, begs Buffy to still do it, but I feel like she's not going to. And then they notice that the magic shop is closed. But they don't notice the dead body that should be visible from the door. Like, they open the door, they show the whole shop from their perspective at the door, and it's day, so it's not dark. And then Willow goes walking towards the back of the shop. She goes down a little step and then just trips over the dead shop owner. I guess it's possible he was close enough to the step that the step was hiding his body from the view by the door. But I don't know. It seemed like they would have seen him where he was. Mm -hmm. It's just like when the guy doesn't see Maggie Walsh's body, like right in front of the door in that initiative room.
1: People are really nearsighted in Sunnydale.
0: (laughs) Buffy's like, Dawn, wait outside. No dead bodies for you. She shoves her outside. And while Dawn's waiting outside, a seemingly crazy man who thinks he's a cat comes up and tells her that he knows what she is, curds and whey, and that she doesn't belong here. I mean, obviously... Something's going on with Dawn. I don't exactly know what this means, but I do know that in Buffy and Faith's shared dream in Graduation Day Part Two, there was a female cat, and Faith mentions Little Miss Muffet, and curds and whey is what Little Miss Muffets eat. So something's going on here.
1: Okay, hold on. So first of all, okay, okay, this is just some crazy dude on the street. Mm -hmm. Don't just like assume his words have anything to do with anything.
0: Crazy cat on the street.
1: A crazy man. I don't know why there's a crazy man. Okay. Just some crazy dude. Don't just assume he has secret messages for people. Dawn's just Buffy's sister.
0: I'm not saying this means anything to me yet. I'm just saying I notice things. What's going on with Little Miss Muffet?
1: She's just Buffy's sister. She's being Buffy's sister.
0: The man must leave her alone eventually because when Tara comes out to check on her, she's sitting on the ground calmly. And Tara says it's best that the non-Scoobies like them stay out of the way while the others do their detective thing on the dead body. Inside, Buffy and Giles suspect at least four vampires must have killed the shop owner, and Willow has checked the store's entire inventory during this time.
1: That was insane. I had to. I got <laughs> mad a little bit at the show, because they're gone, Like in two minutes, she's checked the entire inventory of the store.
0: I mean, it's maybe been half an hour or something, but still, I feel like that would take all day.
1: That would take, especially if you're not familiar with where every single thing is.
0: Mm-hmm. But she's noticed some things are missing, including a book about the mythology and methodology of Slayers. Also, Giles comes across the business's financial records and is clearly going to buy this place. He's suddenly very hyper focused on this project, which I love for him. It makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. It's funny though, because like a lot of the owners have died, which makes it cheap. Yeah. But they have. This is like the third or fourth owner we've gone through. They're like the defense of the dark arts teacher <laughs> from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm.
0: But Giles notices that there's a cheap ceramic unicorn missing. What kind of vampire could want something as stupid as that? Cut to Harmony. Harmony has assembled a group of minions. They're all just like stupid dudes. One of them she went to high school with. One of them is named Cyrus, just like Jason's dog.
1: Okay, so you know what's kind of funny? What? Is that one of these characters, I don't want to go into which one just because I don't want you to think about it too much. One of them is played by an actor who just plays a vampire in this episode, but later in the show becomes like a main character, but not the vampire. Like, he plays a different character.
0: They're reusing actors?
1: Yeah, which they've done before, but...
0: Just like Gilmore Girls.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not gonna stop. There's more. But it was Harmony and these guys that raided the magic shop, and they're planning on killing the Slayer tonight. Joyce is pissed that she couldn't successfully pawn off her mom duties onto Buffy, and that she brought her to a murder scene... But they're both freaking out because they both have shit to do tonight and someone's got to watch Dawn. Two things. Buffy's an adult. She's not obligated to be Dawn's babysitter when you gave her no notice. Yeah. Second of all, Dawn's like 14. She doesn't need a damn babysitter, which she also shouts from the other room. Buffy and Joyce both insist she does. And then Buffy suggests Xander babysits Dawn. And Dawn changes her tune. (laughs) She comes running in all like, okay. She clearly has a huge crush on Xander. Yeah. She thinks he's cute and deep. Okay. She says he's smart because he skipped college and got a construction job. Oh, and he's brave because last week he went undercover to stop Dracula. (laughs) Again, confirming it's been a week. Xander shows up with a pizza and an Anya with a stack of board games. Of course, Dawn is not excited to see Anya. Meanwhile, Tara is helping Willow move into a dorm. They don't really say who's living here exactly, but Tara's asking Willow where stuff goes, so I get the impression this is going to be Willow and Buffy's room, not Tara. They don't really say. Maybe Willow and Tara moving in together and she's just unpacking Willow's stuff. I don't know. I don't know if it's a spoiler to know. It just wasn't clear.
1: I don't, honestly don't remember.
0: Tara feels bad for Dawn because she relates to her as an outsider. Willow insists that Tara isn't an outsider and that she's totally part of the group. And there's a sweet moment where she, like, puts her arms around her from behind. Truly one of the 1st coupley moments they've actually shown of them. Yeah. That was in reality.
1: As opposed to a dream, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think they maybe held hands once, but this was like, oh, no, we're a couple.
1: It was, like, very intimate, and it wasn't, Mm -hmm. like, a spell or, like, symbolic or allegory. It was like, no, they're just holding each other.
0: Yeah. And Willow tells Tara that she's one of the good guys, which makes Tara uncomfortable. She pulls away from Willow. Interesting.
1: Yeah, what's that about?
0: What's that about? Buffy and Riley are out hunting for the magic shop bandits. Buffy's ranting about her Dawn problems. And Riley's like, yeah, uh, I'm not on your side at all with this. Give Dawn a break. She's a dumb little kid who looks up to you. And Buffy's like, but that's the thing. She gets to be a kid and she acts like it's such a burden. I'd love to be a kid without all this Slayer hardship. Cut back to Dawn. She's complaining about Buffy to Zanya and just slopping chocolate ice cream all over her face. Is this a clue as to what she is or does whoever wrote, directed this episode just not understand kids?
1: I think she's doing what Willow did in season two to try, try to get Xander to like flirt with her, <laughs> just like put fucking ice cream all over her face.
0: It just doesn't make any sense like she's old enough to know how to eat ice cream
1: that is funny I yeah
0: <laughs> and she's at an age where she totally understands vanity like she'd be so self-conscious of how she looks in front of Xander yeah she's eating like a baby Amy Sherman Palladino, Big Buffy fan, also notorious for not really knowing how to write for kids. So is she just playing homage to Joss Whedon? She does understand kids? <laughs> okay,
1: might be a stretch now. Might be a stretch now.
0: It's just weird that they're like, yeah, 14 year olds must fucking eat like babies still, right?
1: I like my explanation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But does she know about that?
1: No. Audience, if you guys don't remember, in season two, Willow puts some uh, ice cream on her nose and Xander licks it off as very flirty and she does it again to try to get him to do it again, but then he's distracted by Buffy.
0: Did Willow put it on there on purpose in the first place?
1: I don't think the first time, but the second time she does.
0: Maybe Willow told her about it over chess.
1: (laughs) One time, I almost kissed Xander, but then I kissed him a lot later and then we totally forgot about it. Anyway, (laughs) your move.
0: Anya's mad because she's doing really well at life, the game. She doesn't understand that it's good that she's winning. I don't know. She's new at stuff.
1: Well, there was a funny line, too, from Anya where she wants to trade in all of her children for more money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then a brick comes flying through the window with a note on it that says, Slayer, come out and die. Has a little happy face in the middle. It's Harmony. Her and her minions are waiting outside. She just doesn't understand how Buffy can't be in there. Xander finds it hilarious that Harmony has minions. He recognizes the guy from high school. I mean, Xander's right. They're not very scary. He's just like laughing at them. But I think he mostly feels comfortable because they're protected by the threshold Harmony has not been invited to cross. Right. That is until Dawn freaks out about how mean Harmony is being to her Xander and says, why don't you come inside and say that? So she does. The minion still cannot. Dawn runs upstairs. Harmony slaps Xander around. But she's been reading a lot and knows how to be a vampire better. Anya distracts Harmony long enough for Xander to kick her out the door and they lock her out.
1: I I kind of thought it was sort of fun how they played with the invite as far as how only Harmony was allowed in.
0: Yeah. I, I know that
1: seems like small, but like, it, I don't know. I liked that.
0: You thought maybe they were all going to run in?
1: Yeah. And it also was like, this is a manageable problem. Like one vampire we could maybe deal with. If they all come in, they're done. Like, they're yeah, not yeah. going to be able to fight them, you know?
0: But because Dawn specifically was yelling at Harmony, it made sense yeah. that they weren't all invited.
1: Which is like a nice detail that I'm glad that the show like addressed and picked up on.
0: Xander's like, Buffy's not going to be happy about this. Cut to Buffy laughing her ass off about this. It's also funny to her that Harmony has a gang of minions and she's not phased at the idea of Harmony trying to kill her. However, she is pissed when she finds out that Dawn invited her in. This is so stupid to me. For the longest time, I just assumed we'd forgotten about the uninvite spell, but they did it in the last episode, so I'm like, what's the big deal? Just do it again. Yeah. But I guess it's just the principle of the matter that's pissing Buffy off, because she just hates Dawn so much already.
1: But also, it's like, just kill Harmony, too. (laughs) Just do both of those things.
0: Yeah. Harmony's bummed that her first big plan didn't work out, and then Spike shows up and punches one of her vampires. Why? Is it just fun for him to hit other vampires, because he's bored?
1: I think violence is fun for him.
0: He's a yeah, I mean, evil they, creature. They do call them on this, too. And he kind of just says it's his hobby. But they can stake him.
1: Right. He's probably a better fighter than all of them. They're probably, like, new and dumb. But That's
0: true. Yeah, he could take all these people.
1: I, yeah, but th- th- that's the question. though. Could he take all of them at yeah, once?
0: right. That one guy's big. Yeah. Then he notices Harmony. They catch up. He makes a pretty vulgar comment, just like Suki. <laughs>
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: He says that Harmony looks good. And she's like, I feel good. He's like, I remember. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's dirty.
1: It is dirty.
0: Spike also doesn't take Harmony and her minions and her plan very seriously. But she insists her plan's going to work. She's going to kill Buffy. He's like, well, what's your plan? Kidnap one of her friends and lure her? She's like, no, I have a way better plan. He's like, sure, sure. Bye-bye. And she's like, okay, guys, new plan. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly got the idea from Spike. Buffy's gathering a million stakes. Xander's like, chill, girl. Willow's coming soon to do that spell, just like last week. Again, confirming that we are in the same reality we were in last week.
1: Well, they fixed the problem you had with it, which is like, they're doing this spell now.
0: I know, but then why is Buffy so mad?
1: I think she's just mad at her sister because she did something stupid and put everyone in that house in danger for a small window.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It is, like, annoying that Willow has to come do it, but, like, they can fix it. Well, I mean, I think
1: she's prepped to be angry at Dawn, almost, like, She's looking for an excuse to be mad at Dawn.
0: Yeah. She goes on to say that Dawn should know the rules because she grew up in this house. Has she? I didn't see her. So this is now implying that she has actually been here all along.
1: So, I mean, do you think this is just bad writing? They're just going to pretend she's been around the whole time?
0: It could be. That's probably what it is. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Okay, yeah. Xander has a really funny line. He's like, people slip, Buffy. Your mom did. She invited in the master. I mean, Dracula. (laughs) <laughs> it's funny because he slipped by saying the wrong yeah. thing. Buffy's just so over Dawn. She doesn't think it's fair that she gets to be coddled when Buffy was facing all this bad shit when she was just a little older than Dawn. She says they're doing nothing but turning her into a little idiot like Dean who's gonna get them all killed. Dean said he was an idiot.
1: Yeah, that's your connection. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: Amy was writing and she's like, yeah, Don's an idiot. Dean's going to say he feels like an idiot.
0: Good word. I'm going to use that.
1: Nice. It's also weird that Gilmore Girls has just introduced a sibling for Rory. I feel like that seems very stolen. Step-sibling. Half-sibling. Half-sibling. Yeah. Christopher's new daughter.
0: Okay, so they have set up that Buffy's friends are all really nice to Don And they all kind of call Buffy on how much he hates her. I'm curious to see if this is a clue or a flaw, because I kind of don't buy that these kids would care that much if their friend was ragging on her sister. All of my high school friends had annoying little siblings that we hated to see. Fuck them. Get out of here. You and I had some. Yeah. I just, I don't buy that they'd all be like, we need to talk to you, Buffy, about how mean you are to your sister. It's worrying us. Like, Riley is just not supportive of her hating her sister. He's, like, giving her shit for it.
1: Uh, see, I'm torn because I would agree with you throughout high school, but by the time you get to college, you might have a different frame of reference.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like 19 is not that different from 17. Okay. That's why I'm like, is this a clue that, like, Buffy's the only one that seems to have a problem with her? I
1: don't think it's a clue.
0: Then I don't like it.
1: It's a clue, then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then I love it. Don is listening to all this from the hallway. So she goes running outside. Anya's in the kitchen and goes out to retrieve her, but Harmony's minions show up. The big one, Mort, knocks Anya out, and they steal Dawn. Everyone else comes downstairs. Anya's pretty injured, but she's muttering that they took Dawn, and Buffy runs off. First, she stops at Spike's place. She barges in. He's gotten a new telly. Seems pretty old to me. Doesn't work. Buffy slaps him around until he tells her where Harmony lives, and he eventually tells her the truth, and then she just punches him again anyway. (laughs) I mean, he just punches people for fun. It makes sense. Harmony's very proud of her minions for a job well done with the Dawn kidnapping. And they just want to eat her. She's like, no, no, we kidnapped her, so Buffy comes here. And they're like, well, she's going to come here anyway if she thinks she's here, so can we just, like, eat her? And Harmony's like, no, that's not the plan. So she goes to have girl talk with Dawn, telling her how her minions don't appreciate all her hard work. Her and Dawn are just so misunderstood. They both say real me. This is about both of them, I think. Dawn says it in her diary, and... Harmony says it in this scene. They don't see the real me or something like that. Then the minions come in. They've decided they are going to go ahead and eat Dawn and kill Harmony. Harmony demands the other ones kill Mort, but I think they work for Mort now. And Bobby shows up just in time. She tells Donna to close her eyes. The girl's already seen a dead body. It's not like dusting vampires is actually that graphic.
1: Yeah, it's really not graphic. They can (laughs) show it on TV.
0: Although I've noticed towards the end of season one of Angel, but the vampire dusting does look a lot cooler now. Yeah. They kind of turned to skeletons briefly. I don't think Mm -hmm. that used to happen.
1: No, no, they got better.
0: So between quips with Harmony, Buffy kills her minions one by one, except for Mort, and while Buffy's distracted by Mort, Harmony runs out, and after a brief skirmish with Mort involving some impressive gymnastics, Buffy stabs him with a different unicorn that Harmony had lying around. It's like a mini carousel pony.
1: Well, earlier we see she's got a huge collection of these things.
0: Okay, maybe I just didn't see that.
1: Yeah, like because she gets one from the magic shop and sets it among, like, 40 other, like, little different stuff. I maybe just didn't
0: see that. Yeah. I was going to say, it would have been nice if it was the one from the beginning, or we set up more that Harmony really likes unicorns, but okay. Well, Buffy frees Dawn, yells at her a bunch while she does it. They're both like, I'm going to tell Mom all the shit you did. But they enter through the back door the same time Joyce comes in the front door. Buffy's like, yep, we just been watching TV and then decided to go stand by the back door in our coats. And Joyce is like, <laughs> makes sense to me. Good night, everybody. The next day, Dawn's writing in her diary at the magic shop. Buffy's asking Giles if he's sure he really wants to own a magic shop, since, like you said, every magic shop owner has died. He's like, totally, this is very in my wheelhouse. Gives me access to resources, and you guys can hang out here instead of my freaking apartment all the time. He reveals he's watched Passions with Spike, and him and Buffy go to check out the back room. And then Dawn wraps up her diary entry, saying... She still thinks I'm Little Miss Nobody, just her dumb little sister. Boy, is she in for a surprise. Dun, dun, dun.
1: Dun, dun, dun. So Don
0: knows she's different or something more.
1: I can't, really, uh, I can't really say anything.
0: I also want to point out that in the previously on, they showed like that entire scene where Xander said he didn't want to be anybody's butt monkey anymore, but they didn't really go into that. Don says he's a carpenter, but they didn't show him doing it. It, just, it seemed like a lot of setup for just that mention that he was doing construction. Yeah. Because that means he like landed on a job, but I don't know that I needed that recap for that.
1: Yeah. Maybe they were just trying to kill time. <laughs> they admitted that they do that in Gilmore Girls.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't know that I've um, mentioned that on here, but I- I've learned that if the episode didn't quite fill out the full 45 minutes or whatever that they need to be, they'll extend that previously on to fill the time. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of connections in this episode. I thought of another one. Giles is like having trouble resisting his sexy car. Another randy European. Yeah. Anyway, that's a stretch as well.
0: It's definitely a connection, but I don't know if that was intentional Amyism.
1: <laughs> no, I know.
0: So Brian, did you think this was a good episode?
1: I think this is a fine episode. It's not one of the ones you, you're going to remember. I think it's like a pretty forgettable episode, honestly. It's doing a lot to set stuff up for this season. Like you said, it answered... Th- Not the big question of the season, Um, like, what's Andrew going to do with his life? But it did answer the question of, like, oh, so Dawn's been around a bunch? Like, she's been here the whole time? Like, we're not going to get, like, a, oh, I was living with my dad, and now I'm living here.
0: At least that's what everyone thinks. Right. Kind of like Jonathan.
1: Right. At least that's how it's being read right now, is that, like, she has been there the whole time. At least we know that everyone thinks she's been there the whole time.
0: But she's not supposed to be here, says the man on the street.
1: I mean, if you're going to believe some crazy man off the street, I guess.
0: If that's true, I feel like Tara should sense that she's not supposed to be there. Because Tara could sense that Buffy was not Buffy when Faith was in her body.
1: That was different.
0: Regardless, I I feel like Tara and Dawn have some kind of connection. And whether that's just they both feel like outsiders or Tara knows something's up with her, because Tara's clearly got some secrets. Seems that way. But yeah, I agree. Even right after we watched it, I was like, what? Was that about? Like, how would I describe? Like, it's just all very set up stuff.
1: Yeah. And like Harmony is like not a villain that we're ever going to be like, oh, this is what it's all about. You know, she's like a right. f- silly nobody villain.
0: I think, too. yeah, because the monster of the week is like someone that we know. And yeah. I'm happy to see her. I hope she's in other episodes and she continues to grow and flourish in her vampire career. <laughs> but I know she's not going to be the big bad. So it was just kind of like a silly villain, almost like the episode didn't really have a real villain.
1: Right. It's more of a joke.
0: Yeah. Almost just learning more about Dawn. But we don't really get any answers.
1: Why couldn't she be the villain? You don't think women could be villains?
0: It just played too... I mean, I think she could be the big bad, but not yet. Yeah, I'm just messing with you. She needs to read more books.
1: Yeah. Uh, Xander references her, his fight with her, too, and says, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to get another like hair-pulling match with you. yeah. I hated that, by the way. He's supposed to have all this military training, but he's just, like, slapping her. (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, this episode, he, like, kicks her out the door in kind of a cool way. Yeah. They're trying to justify his buff arms with a construction career.
1: I guess so. I mean, they, they have to finally address them. Um, yeah, so like I said, I think this is more of like a forgettable episode, but I feel like it's a serviceable episode. Like, it's got a purpose.
0: Yeah, not at all bad. It's
1: telling us some more about Dawn. It's telling us some more about what's going on with the Scoobies. It sets some stuff up for Anya. It's funny. It's kind of reinforced some stuff about Tara.
0: Wait, wait, wait. It set up stuff for Anya?
1: Yeah, it's nothing that you could guess or is important, but...
0: She hates kids and loves money and is good at life.
1: No comment.
0: She's also like on her way to the hospital. She is? Yeah, the vampires knocked the shit out of her and they were like, her oh, wound's right. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly that's not the thing that they're setting up.
1: No. She was just very good at that game. Uh yeah, so that I would say it was a it was a fine episode. That's how I would describe it. Fine. Yeah. So which one do you think was better?
0: I think Gilmore Girls was better. It's not the best Gilmore Girls ever, but I would say it was a good episode of Gilmore Girls, and it was a forgettable ish episode of Buffy. Yeah, I agree. Not the best Gilmore, but.
1: I would say it wasn't even like that. The, the thing about Gilmore is it just wasn't a funny one. It Yes, it had humor, but like it can be so funny. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, honestly, it's just like I want to know what's going on with this Dean stuff, which honestly, if I'm being real, it, I don't even think it was like a particularly good episode of Gilmore. But like I wanted that Dean drama info. Yeah. And I also wanted them to make up. And those things, I got both of those in this episode.
0: <laughs> More big, interesting things happened, I think.
1: But like Buffy was still funny.
0: Yeah, it was funny. It was probably a funnier episode.
1: Uh, but uh, I have to go Gilmore. Same. Well, guys, if you want to watch along next week, we'll be watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 5, Episode 3, The Replacement. Probably going to have done, and I guess they're keeping her around.
0: As well as Gilmore Girls Season 5, Episode 3, Written in the Stars.
1: We'll keep you posted on more uh, Buffy-Gilmore connections. Yeah. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episodes discussed in this podcast.
0: Have you ever seen someone throw someone's stuff out the window in a breakup?
1: Do you think Europeans are randy?
0: Do you think Luke needed to stay at the Renaissance Fair for seven weeks?
1: Did you think it was weird that Buffy's friends were defending Dawn?
0: Who wants a full spin-off of all this Renaissance Fair goss?
1: When you were 14, did you know how to eat ice cream without getting it all over your goddamn fucking face? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's weird to tell your lover's mom that she looks nice? <laughs> yes. He wasn't like he looked at her ass and was like, oh, mm, nice.
0: Let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post interactive questions, comedy sketches based on each episode, and more.
1: Or you can email us at Reviews at gmail.com. That's Brian with a Y, Stacey with an E-Y.
0: For more bonus content, find us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Stacy, where we post weekly video recaps of the show Angel, host monthly livestream watch parties of Buffy and Gilmore Girls, post monthly outtakes, and share early extended episode previews.
1: For more non-podcast content, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy.
0: If you want to support the podcast, you can do so by making a donation of your choosing via the link found at the bottom of our episode description or in our social media bios.
1: And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and we'll give you a shout-out on an upcoming podcast.
0: I'm really excited to watch the next ones.
1: I need to get a banana.
0: Oh, I'll I need to get cigarettes.
1: Shh. So we'll talk to you guys later. Do you want to
0: go bang on the corner?
1: (laughs) Let's go bang by this parade.
0: Bye, guys.